This is Tony, a.k.a. MCP, for the Bad Boys Podcast, from the production room, to give you a heads up about a new format we're trying out. This week, we split the episode into four parts. Part one is our weekends and random rants. Part two is the homework. Part three is the extra credit. Part four is all the extras. You're currently listening to part three. Let us know what you think by hitting us up on Twitter at Bad Boys Podcast or posting to our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Bad Boys Podcast. Enjoy. MCP. There. I am here. <laughs> you sound exhausted out of that. <laughs> uh, that was a that was a, a rough ride last time on the podcast, man. I'm still recovering from that. You're still recovering from the last one, huh? <laughs> yeah, oh, the last. Let's review. see if you get your shit together here and uh, tell us the little movie you chose for the extra credit. I chose um, Antonio Banderas in a movie from 1999 called The Thirteenth Warrior. Um, I thought I remembered this shit, and then I realized that I only remembered the one scene when he learns the language. <laughs> And then the rest of it, I was like, what, "What's going on? I don't, I don't remember this." Well, shit. yeah, yeah. Oh, um, it's funny. I'm watching, thinking, "What's going on?" While watching it for the first time. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of a uh, lot of narration, a uh, whispered narration by yeah. by Antonio Banderas, our boy Ahmed Ibn Fadlan, Fadlan, whatever. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, it it, it, it was. He meets up with a gang of uh, Vikings and ends up they have some kind of um, prophecy where they need their 13th warrior in the group to be a foreigner. And he happens to be an ambassador that was kicked out of his homeland because he was flirting with the, the emperor's wife. And so so he ends <laughs> up going on this little mission with these guys. Um okay. And, uh, you know, hijinks ensued type shit. Yeah. Um, it was cool. It was like when the title came up of the book, it was called The Eater of the Dead. So, so, um, and I, I don't know. Um, it, ironically, I've read, I don't know, six to ten fucking Michael Crichton books. Um, oh, stop bragging. His last, no, I'm just saying, like, I, relax, relax. I, okay, you like to read books. We get it. No, no I don't read books Calm anymore. Down. I had a period where <laughs> I read a ton of Michael Crichton books. Ooh. This was one of his earlier books that I never did read. I read yeah. like his last six move, his last six books that he produced or that he wrote before yeah. he died. <laughs> and they're all like they're all like fun techno thrillers kind of thing. But anyways, long story short. This is one of his earlier ones. This was written in 1976. Um, I don't know anything about it, but the movie, I think, was one of those movies that was in production nightmare. And so Michael Crichton actually came on and did reshoots. And like, so he's like co director. And yeah, so. Yeah, and so, you know, Wikipedia says is a 1990 American historical film, action film based on the novel Eaters of the Dead, and is a loose retelling of the tale of Beowulf. Um, mm. You know, um, 
In Eaters of the Dead Wikipedia, Crichton explains in an appendix that the book was based on two sources. The first three chapters are retelling of the Ahmad Ibn Falan's personal account of his actual journey north and his experiences with the observations of Vikings, probably from Sweden. The remainder is based upon the story of Beowulf. So, you know, it sounds like they kind of took, um, you know, pieces of, uh, you know, of a full-size book and then mm-hmm. ended up making a, an action flick. Yeah. Um, and as an action flick, it's not bad. Like, you know, all the hand-to-hand comments, it's, it's, it's a hard R, so there's a lot of, you know, like decapitations and blood squirting and stuff like that. And so... Mm-hmm. I was actually watching the movie on the plane ride to and from New Mexico. And every time like some shit like that would happen, I'd kind of like dim the screen, the laptop down, like hmm. sending my <laughs> people watching this movie because it's, it's quite violent. Um, and so for that, it kind of makes a mark where you're kind of like, yeah, all right, cool. And Antonio Banderas looks good in the part, even though he's like, I think he's from Spain or some shit like that. And he's playing a Middle Eastern. Um, yeah, he's from Spain. Um, and he's playing like, you know, so that's kind of fucking weird. Um, but Gary Oldman playing dwarf is okay with you. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, but as the movie goes on, it might've made the movie more interesting. As the movie goes on, it, too sexy. It never picks up steam. It, It ends up just being kind of this kind of mediocre action flick with some, decent effects and some okay acting and you know you get a little bit of the um uh the 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 buddy camaraderie but it ends up being filled with cliche after cliche after but you've cliche. seen that before right with the right tech group with like braveheart, braveheart oh over and over again. even though this came out in 99 when did braveheart come out oh i don't know um 93 or somewhere or 95, and I mean, obviously, Braveheart's a big, epic, you know, movie. And this ends up becoming, you know, and we've seen, I, we, I don't know if we ever watched Beowulf on the, the live action, or live action, the, the stop motion <laughs> that Zemeckis did. Yeah. Um, because I remember enjoying that movie a lot. Okay. And um, I'd actually be interested in maybe making that an extra credit one of these days. Um, but this movie ends up just being kind of like there's nothing to it. There's no substance. This ends up just being there's a lot of action in an hour and 40 minutes. There's like three three or four like sort of action set pieces, which right. all by themselves are fine. There's nothing wrong with them. Right. Um, just as far as too many, like they're not, you know, they're just spread out too much, I think. I mean, it looks cool, too. Like John McTiernan, he can do action. Like that's not that's no question, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's, absolutely. That's given us like what Die Hard and fucking, um, yeah, yeah, Predator. I mean, come on. You yeah, know? It had really fun action set pieces, and then it just went kind of it went kind of dull for a little bit, and it kind yeah. of stayed dull for a little too long before it went into the next one that was kind of fun, or it, it just it just too long and too, with too many lulls in between the fun parts. Um, well, and I would argue the movie's too short. They need more time in between the action to build the characters too short wasn't it yeah it ends up becoming too short oh you're saying the movie's too short my argument is like what are you trying to accomplish are you trying to make 
just a a, a short action flick, well then it right. kind of fails at that because it's certainly not a like you pointed out, you know, a big epic three hour. Right. You know, which the material of Eaters of the Dead might be there. I mean, because right. you're talking about that there's there's a lot of material that could be the 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 culture differences between, you know, Antonio Banderas and, and the the um, you're talking about obviously competing religions and and the different languages. Right. They gloss over all of that shit so <laughs> fast. You're like, because they got to get to the blood and guts. You right. know what I mean? Um, I, I feel like the book, I, I get why they were like, you know what? This would be a great movie if we could turn this book into a movie. But they just, you know, Hollywood, you know, and, and so uh, Wikipedia says, uh, It's when I keep getting distracted on the right-hand side of IMDb. It says, buddy cops, uh, buddy cop duos we love. It says, fighting crime is better with a friend. Check out some of our yeah. favorite buddy cop duos. It's got our boys, Mike and Marcus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I saw that too. Oh, you see that too? Production, yeah. Originally titled Eaters of the Dead, production began in the summer of 97. But the film went through several re-edits, and after test audiences did not react well to the initial cut, Crichton took over as director himself due to the poor test audience reception, causing the release date to be pushed back over a year. The film was recut, a new ending added, along with a new score. Grammy Ravel was replaced by Jerry Goldsmith as composer. The title was changed to The 13th Warrior. So it's interesting that what we finally get is probably so stripped down of the original material but Crichton probably thought, you know what, we need to make a short version of this to and basically just try to make an action flick out of it just right. to save face. Because, right. And I think know, they could have gone a little shorter to make the action flick because sure. the plot didn't have a lot of meat. Like mm-hmm. no, he, exactly. he, goes, he goes on this one side mission and talking right. RPG lingo, you know. He's going right. on a quest with his – he joins a group, goes on a quest, and, that, and then that's one quest is done. And I'm like – Right. I kind of wanted more. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree with Harley. It could have used more length, but to, not within this plot line. It could have used more plot line. Like, add on Correct. to this. Because, so, like, okay, so, yeah, he he was a 13th warrior in our little excursion. He ended up being pretty cool. We all survived. No one fucking died. And now we're going on to this something else, like something bigger or something, that, you know, more epic. Maybe that would have been given more chance for character development and blah blah blah. But just in this little one thing that they did and just kill some cannibals is like fuck these guys. You know they were cool looking. You know they were pretty. Yeah, no, they were. The cool bear skin. They're like whoa, they're like that. You know they sound like monsters too. <laughs> I'm like okay, mm-hmm. that's kind of cool. But yeah, it's too far into to in between. It's like it's it's not enough to get my attention. I was kind of like oh, read a program. If I if I programmed, I would program. So, <laughs> but I'd have to give it a. A waste of time in Twin Bender style. That would be a waste of time. Wikipedia also says the film was a financial failure. Production mm-hmm. and marketing costs reputedly reached a hundred. Re, yeah, reputedly reached a <laughs> hundred and sixty million dollars, but it grossed sixty-one million at the box office worldwide making it one of the biggest box office bombs in history. Mm. Mm. 
you know, you, I mean, that's, that's a big fucking project or problem, mm-hmm. so to speak. Um, and so I can see why at the end they cut it to try to turn it into an action flick. Um, but then they were like, well, what the fuck, you know, what do we do now? Right. Um, right. and so, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, you know, if you're like a die, like I'm a die, like I genuinely, I love Crichton's books mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's done a bunch of different genres. And so I could see how this book was probably pretty kick-ass. I mean, right. and then he, he wrote and directed Westworld. I mean, and that's from the directing side. He's a writer, but he ended mm-hmm. up directing some stuff too. And then yeah. like the original Westworld movie was, was actually pretty cool. Um, but I think this is another one of those movies that just got muddled in production hell. And so, and then it ends up just being this, you know, it can't decide what it wants to be. And so the edit, yeah. it, you know, um, so it's like, it's, it's hard. Cause like as an action flick, it almost is a dollar, but it, it's constantly, it's just not good enough compared to so many other movies that it ends up just being a, Poor cliche, like you were saying, like we've seen this, like the ensemble group, the ragtag, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. By the end of the movie, a couple of them die, and and then the rest, you know, go their separate ways. Um, you know, thirteen samurai, anybody? So yeah. it so it just ends up being yeah, forgetful. Like Tony pointed out, I've seen the movie before. Yeah, they had a really cool scene of how he learns the language. Then yeah, the rest of the movie's like I mean, in the scene at the end with the water and stuff, like it's cool. Like I, I was never like angry or like I, I wasn't even necessarily bored with the movie. Um, but it just doesn't do anything. It doesn't. It doesn't grab you. It doesn't really. You don't get attached. Yeah, yeah. So you don't get but invested. I feel like I've given less movies a dollar. So it's. it's I don't know. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, what have you? What do you think, Tony? I mean, are you giving it a dollar? I'm, I'm struggling because I'm trying to. I feel like I have a nostalgia for the movie, even though I don't remember it. You know what I mean? Like it just, like it feels like it's familiar. Because um, I know I've seen it before. I just didn't remember what happens before it happens. Once I saw it, I was like, "Oh yeah, I remember." Like the fight with the, uh, um, the uh, there's a tall giant dude, you know, in in right. the in the village. And oh, he's yeah, like, he and he's like, oh, you know what? You need to, you need to piss him off. You need to, and so that you guys get in a fight. And then he kind of like just plays around with him, and finally, you know, goes through a few shields before he finally kills him. And he's like, what the fuck's up with the dece- deception? You know, Antonio Banderas is like, dude, what? You could have killed him anytime you wanted to. It's like, yeah, but now this the 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 head honcho over there, he was sizing us up from the beginning, but now he doesn't know what to size up. Because he doesn't know what he can see or what he can't, and I always thought that was so smart. When I, once I saw it, I was like, "Yeah, I remember digging that when I was a kid." Yeah, like that 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 was that sounded so smart. It was like just thinking, you know, a couple steps ahead. Um, so there's little things like that that I that that are very nostalgic to me, and it it, it was it was pretty cool scene. Um, in the context of the movie as a whole, it it's not um, very it's not a strong movie. Um, but I, th- I think I think I, I still can't. I, I like I would almost want to watch it again and fast forward. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I'm gonna have to get a dollar just because I, I I don't feel negative about it. It's just I recognize that um, it hasn't held up well over time. I'd buy that for a dollar. And and I think I I think ultimately you've convinced me too because I'm right there with you. It's like I've seen I have it on DVD. It I've seen it so many times and it just ends up being like yeah it's not bad like I remember. But when you watch it, you're kind of like oh yeah I I can see why it, this movie did not do well. Um, because yeah, well, at one point you think, why do I own this on DVD? It's because it was Michael Crichton. Oh, you know? oh that's right. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, here's an interesting little take. And maybe this would have made the movie better if they had added 15 minutes of plot to this. The film omits an explanation of who the mist monsters actually are. In the novel, author Michael Crichton reveals they were the descendants of the Neanderthals. Mm, mm-hmm. Mm. So I was actually ironically doing some reading and historically speaking, they could have been like Germans or Germanic tribes, which were very sort of tribal back in the like fifth century or, or, or before kind of thing. So like from a period standpoint, they could be, and they're coming from the North or, or I can't remember. Um, but anyway, so it kind of felt like I was wondering if they were talking about there's a nickname for for what is now Germany, but um, I can't think of the name of the peoples. But um, but anyways, yeah, I I was just like because Crichton is famous for writing books that are sort of make make reference of a lot of historical accuracies or technology technology that is accurate, and so it kind of blurs the line between fiction and you know in in you know fact kind of thing and so this movie probably had some historical accuracies too um but it ends up just becoming like a a mediocre action flick so but anyways so would you would you give it i, I yeah I, i'd give it a dollar <laughs> i'd buy that Sorry. for a dollar goddamn fucking paragraph for one goddamn question jesus christ <laughs> there's a so, ton of trivia on imdb one of the Viking ships used in the movie is now to be found in the Norwegian Pavilion in the Epcot Center, Walt Disney World, where it is used as a playground for kids. This company is also the owner of the Touchdown Pictures that made the movie. There you go, a fun tidbit for you. I mean, this. I mean, this one was interesting too. Um, uh, in accordance, in accordance with the book, John McTiernan's version of Wendell's mother was an old woman which was filmed with veteran actress Susan Willis. When Michael Crichton took over and did the reshoots, it was decided that brutally killing off an old lady did not reflect very well on the heroes. Crichton decided after the fact to make her younger, sleeker, and tougher. Because it it is interesting because they talk about the the old witch um, in the, in the, the, you know, the whatever says there's a mother and you have to kill her right mm-hmm. but then who they kill is like a woman in their 20s yeah you but know what that's, I mean? it's, they're like, that, she keeps, that was a she's problem. a witch she keeps yeah, her well, youth this, by this explains so crying <laughs> decides after the fact to make her younger sleeker and tougher in the final release of the film wendell's mother is played by actress Kristen cloak uncredited but the final credits still list Susan Willis as Wendell's mother, although she is nowhere to be actually seen in the final cut. So, I mean, it just goes to show the, the you know, the making of nightmare of this movie. 
Um, so, and the fact that it ends up becoming kind of passable, you know, um, I would say is a credit to to Crichton, you know. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we should make Westworld the next fucking um, extra credit. Let's take a know? break, Brian. Let's take a break. <laughs> what? He didn't have anything to do with Westworld. Yeah. Well. I mean, I was thinking of Waterworld. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 So I had another, previous... you know, no. I just yeah. I was just say another, you know, movie that was a mess and supposedly big. Sure. Wow. Yeah. 